Welcome to the latest episode of El Paso Talks, where the voices of El Paso are heard. Now let's welcome today's host. Hello, El Paso, and welcome to this week's episode of Unmuted with Claudia Rodriguez. I am your host, Claudia Rodriguez. So a lot has been going on. I have actually been block walking, knocking on doors, posting on social media, just sounding the alarm, letting everybody know that Prop K is coming and Prop K is not good. It's no bueno. So we need to go vote against it. Everybody, I'm very excited and eager to share with with everyone that you know in knocking on doors i'm knocking on doors on uh, that are republican democrat independents and the great news is is that everybody is united against this thing and it just makes me so proud to be able to be on the side of nonpartisanship, right because this thing this prop k thing i think belongs to a very far left side of the democratic party however in el paso we still have a lot of common sense people a lot of people that are still in the middle that are not too far left not too far right and they're in the middle and they might disagree on on some things at the excuse me at the national level but here locally we all have this very nonpartisan thing that unites us, and that's taxes. Everybody recently received their tax bills from the Central Appraisal District, and everybody's property values went up. And we're not dumb. Like we're, we saw what happened. Like we can see it literally with our own eyes. What we're now going to be required to pay in property taxes. And the truth of the matter is, is that if this thing passes, that bill is going to increase drastically and dramatically. Why? Because it's not free. It's it's something that is going to cost El Pasoans just to municipalize El Paso Electric alone billions and billions and billions of dollars. Then to create a climate department, more bureaucracy, another $5 million. And here's my, my grief with that is that while I was on city council, I never once saw any of these people ever at any budget hearings or any budget meetings. They have no clue what our city budget looks like. We are already stretched, guys. We are so stretched and we are managing and we are trying to do, the city is trying to do the best with what they have. And unless the, these climate people are willing to cut services there's just no freaking way like there is no way to pay for this thing other than to go back to the taxpayers and charge them for it so common sense like it's just such common sense like who's gonna pay for it the city the community the people of El Paso have to pay for it and I've heard the I've heard the, the comment, well, there's federal grants. Well, again, that's also taxpayer money. Hate to break it to them, but that's also taxpayer money. Point is, is that we should, we live in a free market society and if people want to get solar panels, that is their right to do so. But if someone does not want to get solar panels, that is also their right not to do so. We should not allow the government 
dictate how we spend our money. And that's exactly what this thing does is that it's trying to tell us, dictate how we have to spend our money. And, you know, I think it's fascinating from, from my perspective to see these, these activists, um, going out and, and gathering signatures and now they're knocking on doors and they're doing because, you know, to a great extent, I think that generation has been criticized for being lazy and not doing much. And I mean, I don't know if they have jobs or not, but at least something motivates them. Like something is motivating them to go out and, and try to, to do better. And I've heard the talking point, um, that, they're the young generation and they're more concerned about saving the environment and, and doing all this other stuff. And I mean, that's, that's, that's good for them, but at some point, like they need to be told that that's not real life. Like I am almost a 40 year old woman. I have children, I have my parents and I don't need anyone to worry about my future or my children's future like that's for me to worry about and I don't need anybody to be worrying about their future because I got them and I will teach them and I will show them and yes you know absolutely we need to be environmentally friendly like who doesn't want to be environmentally friendly like I don't know anyone that wants to purposely pollute our planet or purposely wants dirty water or purposely I don't know anyone however there is a more practical way of seeing it and this is not a practical solution it's not a viable solution it's not even a responsible solution I would think that if I were you know, advising these kids and clearly like they're not going to listen to anything I have to say, but just to kind of ease their emotion and ease their worries, I would say, you know, the city of El Paso in November had Proposition C, which passed again, barely passed, but it passed, which the city is now responsible for doing a climate feasibility study, if you will. So seeing how the city can implement um, climate related legislation and ordinances to be, I guess, more sustainable and to move towards that direction. The other thing is that El Paso Electric is already committed towards doing that. And they're a private company, like they don't need to be told by bureaucracy and by government how to run their business. Like. First of all, I don't even know, like El Paso Electric, they've already indicated they're not for sale and good for them. Whether you like them or not, like like they still provide a service. They, re, they provide a reliable service. And we need to, the way we need to address El Paso Electric is through going through the litigation and the court process. Every time that they wanna do a rate increase, that's where we need to stand up and say like, no, 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 no. And if they do have a rate increase for whatever reason, it needs to be justified. And that city council's responsibility as one of their their regulators is that they have to make sure 
that they're not increasing just for the heck of increasing and that they are keeping up with their infrastructure and that most importantly that they have a level of reliability that is is on point so for example when all of those storms hit the rest of texas i mean it feels almost like they're hitting them every single year now um it is because whatever the reason doesn't matter like if if we want to say oh it's because they have wind turbines and they're no longer connected to the natural gas grid and they're going on their own whatever the reason is el paso electric has been independent and they have proved to be reliable service and that to me is the most important part because when we get hit with those storms and we've been hit with storms here in El Paso too we need them to be reliable because it's at those moments when we are in our darkest points that people start to die because they don't have that service and people are in hospitals and they have power generators but we need them to be reliable in the winter time to keep people warm in the summertime to be able to keep those air conditioners going why because it gets really hot in El Paso and actually my my common sense I don't know tells me that solar panels might actually heat the environment like in my like if you were black in the summertime it's it's gonna be freaking hot and these because they are absorbing all the sunlight all the heat and i'm i'm thinking that's what, how these photovoltaic solar panels work they absorb the heat and in effect they're making the temperatures around them hotter like that's just my common sense i'm not an expert i don't know if that's true or not that's what i think that's what my logic tells me and again, if somebody wants to go down that route, then they should. And if they don't, then they shouldn't be forced to do it. So again, you know, we're doing our darnest to go out there and and make our case to the voters. I think, you know, we are being successful and no, we're not fear mongering them. And we are being honest. And I mean, even if jobs are lost, like jobs will be lost. Um, how do you make a a whole entire like we have in the city almost 7,000 employees like how do you make 7,000 jobs green like what is that what is that like why aren't they answering to that question what is a green job and how and why are you the government gonna tell somebody that applied to be a police officer that they're no longer going to be a police officer and this just kind of like slowly starts snowballing in towards that territory of defunding the police um the sunrise movement they are notorious for wanting to do defund the police movements across the country and so you see how this starts to slowly creep into that territory and it's dangerous and for us to just be here and be like, oh no, that's not what it says. Oh no, that's not what it says. You're not being, you have 14 pages and you're not, you have no like plan, like official plan. And I'm sorry, but I'm gonna doubt you guys and I'm gonna actually plan for the worst, like, because I don't trust you guys. And that's it. Like, I don't trust you all. You all are a younger generation. You all are being backed and funded by everybody outside of El Paso. Like, no one in El Paso is funding this. And I am going to be very suspicious and very skeptical and assume the worst. 
because El Paso as in El Paso and we have been screwed so many times and I don't trust you guys. And I think that's the bottom line for a lot of people is that they don't trust you guys. So you have your rights to go and try and make your case, but so do I. I have my freedom of speech. I have my logic and I am very concerned with this thing. If it passes, I don't trust it. And I hope that the people of El Paso use their good common sense because they have common sense talking to these people, to all of, to the community. They have a lot of common sense and they're like, oh no, oh no, no, no. I really hope that, that everybody that I spoke to goes out and votes because that's a big problem. It's very easy to be like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not going to support it. I'm going to vote against it. And then you don't vote. And so if you don't vote, consider that a vote in favor. Why? Because you're not going not to vote. So if you don't vote and this thing passes, that's on you. You voted for it. Again, April 24th through May 2nd is early voting and May 6th is election day. Gather everybody you know, tell your friends, your family, your relatives, everybody that lives in the city limits of El Paso to go vote against Proposition K. And we can get it done, guys. And that's going to be such a proud moment for the city of El Paso because they think we're stupid. They think we don't vote. They think they think this that they were, this was going to be a walk in the park. It's not. So let's let's go tell them, like, keep your your little nasty Austin fingers off of El Paso and we will figure out like we have bigger problems. Like, how do we bring our property valuations down? That's what we need to be worried about. Not about like this thing that if we don't do what what we have to do passes, like that's just going to add to the load of things that we have to do. And I'm here for it, guys. I'm here to fight for it. Like I will go to the Texas legislature and advocate for tax reform. I will for property tax reform. I will do that. And I will tell you all to vote against Proposition K. I will fight. Like, I'm not afraid to fight. And I am i don't care. I'll do it. But I need you guys to back me up, too. And I need everybody to go vote against this thing. And once we tell them no, we'll start talking about how we can advocate for property tax reform, for central appraisal reform, and we'll get it done. But let's start here. Let's prove to each other that we are united and we are done and we are tired. We feel overtaxed and we want to keep our money and we don't want to be giving our money, our hard-earned money to the government. So again, please guys, go vote against this thing. And one more thing, one more topic I want to talk about. Sorry, I get very passionate about this proposition, Kate, because it's... The most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. But anyway, um, last week's city council was they had an agenda item, agenda item number 17, and where they were discussing what the future of the streetcar is. And so I think, you know, let's just I know that people feel very um, upset by the streetcar and they they think, you know, we paid so much money. Um, again, yes, it, we it was paid for through grants from the state of Texas. And yes, it is taxpayer money, um, not from 
100% from here locally in the city of El Paso, but the rest of the state of Texas helped to fund the streetcars. And so what it is, is that there's an application where the cities across the state of Texas can apply for different grants for different projects. And that's what the city of El Paso did for the streetcars. It was essentially a pet project and they said, hey, you know, will you fund us through this grant? And the state of Texas said yes. Another project that is currently going through that process that I do hope we we also get it is the the tramway the Carl Weiler tramway system over by McKelligan Canyon um, that one is also in the process of, of applying and trying to see if we get that money from the state of Texas to fix the tramway so we can open it up again um, so they if they do very similarly to the street cart they will come in they will fix it they will leave it operational they will make sure that it's in compliance that it's safe it's beautiful and it's good to go and open to the public and if that does happen they will pay for everything however us the city of El Paso will be responsible for operating it um, I don't believe I hope not that we will have to be offering free rides down the tramway. I hope that the attraction is is a successful attraction that people will pay to ride it. Whatever that, that fee is, you know, it's something that it's an opportunity for maybe it could at least sustain itself to, to a great extent. But I mean, all of that is yet to be seen. I don't have the actual contract. I don't know I don't know much about it beyond that, but that was very similar to what happened to the streetcar where the city of El Paso applied for it and they, obviously we got it. And the state of Texas said, okay, El Paso, here's your streetcar. You all are gonna have to be responsible for the operation and maintenance of it. And if you all do not operate it or maintain it, like you all are pretty much ineligible or banned from applying for another state grant for a project which because of that it is important that we do keep the streetcar functioning because if not in the future potentially the the call wilder tramway system will not be eligible for any more state funding and state grants so for that reason um i don't believe that we should shut down the streetcar uh, another thing that you all need to know is that the streetcar is being managed and operated under Sun Metro. And I know Mayor Oscar Leister made a comment that he was somewhere downtown and he saw the streetcar um, just riding riderless like all day, which I agree is pretty wasteful. But, Mayor Leeser, if you're going to make that observation on the streetcar, you need to make a very similar observation with the buses in Sun Metro. And if we're going to be complaining about we're wasting all this money, which we are, we need to take a bigger hard look at Sun Metro because the streetcar is ran under that umbrella and also the buses are running empty. So that is kind of an unfair justification for wanting to shut down the streetcar to say there's no ridership because there is no ridership in Sun Metro. If anything, I think that there should be, um, I guess, there should be a an effort. There should be an effort to see how we can manage the streetcar 
in a more efficient manner where maybe we do limit it to just special events. Maybe we limit it to tourism. Maybe we sell it as a package to other conventions or to the hotels where like the hotels we say hey you know your guests are coming in for whatever reason um offer them the streetcar and then maybe i don't know the streetcar will give them a discount they pay us i don't know something we definitely do need to start charging on that streetcar and and start making some sort of money now i know that Sun Metro on average, it's about $65 for per rider per lane. And it is, that's what, that's, it's so high because there's no ridership. I think maybe if there was more ridership, then it would cost the taxpayers a lot less, but I'm just going to assume that the streetcar, it's a very similar situation. And obviously we're not going to be charging $65 per, per rider because that's only going to already diminish what the barely existent ridership that the streetcar has but what we can do is limit it and we definitely do need to consider charging for it there needs to be some sort of a charge for ridership and and seeing how maybe it's not going to be profitable but seeing how it can help towards something um I know when I was on city council, there was talk about extending the the streetcar to from downtown to UMC, and I don't think that's a good idea. Like we sh- and that part would be coming from you all, the taxpayers. Um, I don't know if it gets placed on the bond later on, but that to me does not seem like a good idea. I think we need to keep it downtown, you know, wherever it's riding. If if ever something happens in the Duranguito neighborhood, maybe it goes through there. Um, and just, you know, there's also Texas Tech. I mean, there's just different ways that we need to really start planning. I don't believe that the thing was planned very properly as far as its route. It's very inconvenient. It doesn't really go anywhere. And I think that there should have been, now they're wanting to do a business impact analysis. I think that should have done been done beforehand so that it would have guaranteed the streetcar would have been going through the most through areas that are most trafficked, like with people like restaurants or bars or whatever. And that could have been a better solution. So now that's what's happening. Um, Unfortunately, I think that that study is probably going to cost us some money. And it's just, I felt like we did that backwards. So no, I don't think we should shut down the streetcar. Yes, we should limit it. Yes, we need to start charging for ridership. And if we are, well, we are because city council approved it, paying for a traffic analysis or a business impact analysis. Um, I don't know, seeing how businesses can capitalize off of the, the streetcar going through their front yard or whatever. Like, I think that that'd be a better way to resolve this issue um and definitely no future lanes unless the lanes are going in the downtown area and there's going to be actual entertainment and restaurants and opportunities for businesses to go in and develop and grow and just bring in people because i think at the end of the day that's what we're trying to do is just stimulate our local economy and so that's it. I mean, that's how I feel about the streetcar. Um, it is beautiful. I personally have never been on it, but 
if they were to charge I mean I'd probably go write it um, and we'll see hopefully I mean I want it to succeed guys like we should want our assets to be successful we should not be wanting them to fail just to be like oh stupid city council they're wasting money where they shouldn't be like no that's not the solution either so I think you know informing everybody how we got the streetcar informing everybody how we it, it could be an asset for the city but right now it's not and sun metro it's the same thing it's running under that umbrella just it's a couple of facts for everybody to consider and i hope that that kind of takes the emotion out of how we feel about the streetcar and just trying to figure out a more productive a more sustainable way to keep the streetcar running so that's all i have for you all today i hope you all have a great week i hope you all enjoyed this episode and thank you for listening to me and i will speak to you next week bye This has been Unmuted with Claudia, where we discuss the most important issues facing our community. Thank you for listening to my podcast. If you love my podcast, I'd appreciate it if you would subscribe, rate, and review me on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Don't forget to let me know what topics you would like for me to cover in future episodes. Drop me a line on claudia at claudiafoelpaso.com. See you in my next episode. This has been El Paso Talks, a podcast about El Paso delivered to you by the voices of your neighbors, your friends, your family, and even yourself. If you haven't already, like, subscribe and rate our podcast. El Paso Talks is produced by El Paso News. The opinions expressed are those of the individual delivering the episode and may not necessarily represent the views of El Paso News or the other podcasters on El Paso Talks. Find us at elpasonews.org. See you in the next episode.